Do you want to edit your fiction book like a pro but have no idea where to start? Do you understand the value of having a professionally edited manuscript, but you just don't have thousands of dollars to spend on professional editors? And of course, you don't want to put out a subpar product for your book, right? Well, today we're going to go through the kinds of editing your manuscript may need and where you can find them. And I'm going to go through both the more expensive and the shoestring routes. So stay tuned. Hi there, aspiring fiction author. Welcome to Fiction Author Business School. Do you want to write your stories with ease and confidence? Do you find yourself Googling how to write a fiction book or how to write a character arc? Do you want to create a fiction empire, but you can't even finish the story you're currently working on and you find yourself doubting it will even be good enough? Hi, I'm Liesl. I too have been writing stories since I was just a kid. I wanted to do something about my fiction writing dreams, but got information overload every time I looked for writing help because there's just so much out there on the internet. I wanted confidence that I wouldn't disappoint my readers and a plan to publish regularly. I knew the foundation of any author career, including the marketing aspect, is a stellar and well-written story, but I didn't know how to be sure that my story was solid. I went on a journey to figure out what really makes readers tick and how to incorporate those addictive elements into my story. In this podcast, you'll find specific tactical fiction writing tips, solutions to writing more words more efficiently, and secrets to mastering your author mindset. So put on your fuzzy slippers, grab a notebook and pen and some chocolate, and let's write some fiction. All right, so everybody needs editing, right? And one thing that I do hear a lot from my students and the other authors that I work with and coach is that they often feel, especially on their early books, as though their writing sounds amateurish and they don't really know why or how to fix it. And I completely understand that sentiment because I remember thinking the same thing about my writing when I first got started. I didn't know how to fix it, but I would read my favorite authors, you know, and then I would read my own writing and my writing sounded like it was coming from a high schooler and it didn't sound professional like these other writers did. But I had no idea why or, or how to fix it because I would read through it a million times and it sounded good to me and the the sentence structure was good and the grammar was good and I just couldn't figure out what the problem was, okay? So only after years of struggling to edit my own writing did I get it to stop sounding that way. And only once I figured that out, how to get it to stop sounding that way, did I understand what the problem is that makes it sound that way. And it's something that a lot of writers struggle with, especially in the beginning. Now, for the record, the problem, just so I'm not leaving you in suspense, is the use of crutch words, but I will talk more about that in just a minute when we get into the types of editing. The thing is, if anything in your writing, anything in your manuscript reads, sounds, or feels off, it's probably because you need some kind of editing, okay? Now, most of us know that we need editing in general. We just know that. I mean, obviously, if you don't, then uh, (laughs) here's your wake-up call. You need editing, right? But it's hard to know exactly how to edit our manuscript successfully since we have complete blinders on when it comes to our writing. Very often, we can't see the problems in our own writing. But would it surprise you to learn that you may need up to five kinds of editing in order to reach your most professional draft? (laughs) Yes, you heard that right, five. And I'm sure that's really overwhelming to think of for most of you. What are they? You know, how do I do them? At what stage do I do each type of editing? And most importantly, what is it going to cost me? Am I right? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to say something that's a little bit controversial here. 
but it really is the truth. (laughs) I'm of the belief that writers today, with the tools we have, can get to the point where you don't need to pay an editor at all. Like, at all. Now, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you don't need editing, okay? That you should just throw your first draft together, upload it to Amazon, and expect the money to roll in, okay? Does not work that way. And I'm not saying that I don't get editing, that I don't have people, you know, other sets of eyes on my manuscript. I'm saying I don't pay an editor for it, okay? Especially when you're starting out, you're definitely going to need help editing your book. And for most authors, as they go along, they need less editing because they learn to write better and therefore need less correction, right? For me, I can tell you that I have never paid an editor a substantial amount of money. I believe I paid someone like 10 years ago, I paid someone like $300 to read through my book, you know, and just do basic, um, you know, take a red pen to it, do basic line editing and proofreading. And that was actually very eye opening for me because I'm always somebody who has been able to produce a pretty clean manuscript. Now, it doesn't necessarily fix the writing sounding amateurish problem, but I paid someone $300. And at the time I was a student, I did not have very much money. That $300 was a hardship for me. It was really difficult to come up with. And then this person, I'm sure she was a stellar editor. I'm not throwing shade at her at all, but she only found like five or six things in the entire manuscript that needed fixing. So I kind of realized that I didn't really need that editing. I didn't need to pay someone to do line edits for me. Yes, there were those five or six, you know, mistakes, but they were really easily fixed. And to me, especially at the time, not making much money, they were not worth $300, right? Um, But now there are ways that you can go about that and get the extra eyes on your manuscript and figure it out um, without having to pay a whole lot of money for it. And like I said, I personally do not really pay for editing anymore, like at all. I do have some editing, but I don't pay for it. And my books sell and I have a good fan base. And I get told very often that even my first drafts that I submit to people are among the cleanest people have ever seen. Now, does that actually mean it's my first draft? No. Um, It's because I employ all these different types of editing in my writing and I do them myself and I work them into my writing process. So I end up with a very, very clean manuscript. Okay. And that is what I'm going to encourage you to try and do. Now, before we get into kind of the nitty gritty details, I I do want to, you know, point out two things, kind of two caveats to this. Number one, um, and, and I kind of already said this, I guess, is that just because I don't pay an editor doesn't mean I don't get sets of eyes on other than my own on my manuscript, okay? It just means that I don't pay money for them. In today's digital world, we have so many tools at our disposal that can help with this, but I guess I'm just reinforcing, I'm not saying you don't need editing. I'm not saying that you should forsake all editing in your writing. No, I'm saying that if you're willing to do the work, you will not have to pay for it if you don't want to, okay? Um, And it is work, you know, that's maybe another thing to point out. Everything costs something. It's either going to be money or it's going to be time. But I just know that most people, most authors, when they're starting out, don't necessarily have the money. So if you're willing to do the work and put in the time, that won't be a problem, okay? The second caveat is that it does take a lot more time to do this, right? It's not just writing your first draft and then handing it off to someone else, it's going to take more time. Okay, so if you have the money, and you don't want to take the time, then do that more power to you, you know, you do you. But again, I just know that most authors starting out, that's not the case for them. You're more like me when I started out, just you don't have thousands of dollars to drop on editors and understand it will be thousands of dollars if you are paying someone to do all of your editing. And you know what, rightly so I'm not saying that that's too expensive editing 
is work. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of brain power. And if you're going to pay someone to do that kind of work on your manuscript, manuscript, you need to pay them well for it. Okay. But again, we're back to, do you have the money for that? (laughs) If you simply don't have that kind of cash as you're getting started, it might behoove you to learn how to edit yourself. And honestly, even though, you know, you've got to do you. And if, like I just said, if you have the money, go for it. I'm actually a huge proponent of learning this yourself, of learning to edit yourself, because even if you have the money, editing your own manuscript, learning the ins and outs of editing, how to do it, why something works, why something doesn't work, the structure of a story, the structure of a sentence on the page, all of that, learning that will make you so much a better writer. And I'm such a huge proponent for becoming an an absolute expert at fiction writing, okay? And learning to edit your own manuscript will do that for you, okay? It'll do it real fast if you, you know, keep at it and um, really get a lot of practice at it. Okay. And I'm going to talk about that more in just a minute. So I would really encourage you to learn how to edit yourself. But again, it is up to you whether you want to pay the money or take the time. All right. So what are these types of editing then? Obviously, I'm not going to be able to describe how to do each one in great detail on this podcast, or it would be like 10 hours long. But I'm going to go over the basics of each type of editing I use and how you might be able to employ this type of editing on a small budget. Okay, so I said there are five types of editing, at least five types that I've identified and I use. The first is called developmental editing. Now this it can also be called structural editing. This is about your story. This is about your story structure. This is what I love to geek out about, right? I love story structure. I love figuring out how and why a story connects with human beings, whether it's um, figuring out what's going on in our brains or what's going on in our hearts and souls. I mean, there's a reason that people connect with certain structures of story. And it's what I call the human template. If you've listened to me for very long, I'm sure you've heard that phrase. And it just means the the story structure that human beings connect with. And if you will learn to see that story structure, the human template in a positive light, so many people throw shade at it and say, oh, you're being formulaic or you're, um, you know, forcing me to, you know, keep my story within a framework and that's killing my, my, Creativity. I mean, you, you hear this all the time, right? But if you can look at it in a positive light and say, if I can use this story structure as a tool to connect with my audience, you almost can't not be successful as a writer, okay? Now, developmental edits, there are uh, people out there, who, editors, who will do developmental edits, but they're very, very expensive because basically they're going to be reading your entire story, figuring out the structure for you and telling you where something's missing. Um but again, they have to read your entire story. It's not going to take a small amount of time, right? It's going to be a lot of work. The other thing about this is that it's going to be a lot of work on your end, because if they tell you something is developmentally wrong with the story, again, you can do whatever you want. But if you want that story to be successful, you're going to have to change a lot of stuff about your story. This is not just editing a scene or fixing a typo. This is changing the entire structure of what happens in your story. So like I said, it can be pricey, it can be time consuming. It really is necessary for you to get the structure right if you want to be commercially successful as an author. So I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying this is the kind of thing you might want to learn on your own, so that you can avoid having to do this for every single one of your books. So what are some ways you can do this without paying the thousands of dollars? Well, first of all, if you can learn how to do it, if you can learn story structure, 
then you might not need a developmental edit to begin with. And this is something that I'm going to be teaching in my course, okay? Like I said, I geek out about story structure. It's what I love. And if you do it correctly and, and um, I guess, plan your story structure correctly the first time, you won't need the developmental edit because the structure will already be there, okay? So that's number one is just figuring out how to do it yourself, take my course <laughs> when it comes out next year, um, all of that. The second thing you can do is read books. Most people I've found, most authors that are really, really successful have read a lot of craft books when it comes to fiction writing, okay? And there are dozens, if not hundreds out there. I can give you, um, and maybe I'll do this later in the week, I can give you a list of my favorites and why I like them, but I have read and still continue to read almost every craft book that I can get my hands on. If I see one, I'm like, oh, I haven't read that one. I will buy it and I will read it, okay? Because I love learning about story craft and I love learning about story structure. And these books, not there's not one that's going to cover every single part of it for you, but that's why you should read as many as you can because everyone will have nuances <clears throat> that the others don't have and teach you something that you hadn't thought about before, okay? Now, reading books, yeah, they can cost money. You can maybe try to borrow them on Libby, but if not, you'll have to buy them. But still, most of them are under $5. So if you just buy one of these books every week or every paycheck, you know, you'll, you'll come to understand writing craft pretty quickly. Um, my third suggestion that I wanna talk about and that can actually be applied to all of these types of editing is finding a critique group, okay? Being in a critique group is single-handedly the best thing I ever did for my writing. I found some people in college that I knew who were also interested in writing fiction, and we started a critique group. Um, everybody runs their critique group differently. You'll have to do it based on the needs of the people in the group. Um, I would suggest keeping it small, between three and five people. Any more than that, and it becomes a burden to try to read everybody's chapters, okay? Um and we were told constantly by people when we first started our group that we shouldn't be doing it weekly. We should be doing it monthly or bi-weekly because weekly was just too much. But the people in my group, we love what we do. We love each other. We love the group. And there have been times when things have gotten like there were more members and we were having trouble finishing the chapter. So we started saying things like, OK, maybe every other week so that we're not overwhelming each other. But, um, you know, we just let the how we run it change based on our needs. And right now we are doing weekly for everybody, um, you know, and it's because we know each other pretty well. We love what we do and we don't mind taking the time to do it. So I haven't actually said what a critique group is. In case you don't understand, it's when authors get together and read each other's stuff. So what we do is we are all working on our own manuscripts, of course, and we send a chapter every week to everyone else. Everyone else reads it and critiques it and gives us feedback. Um, this can definitely be things that are like line edits and grammar and, you know, typos and things like that. But we can also give each other feedback on what actually happens in the chapter, continuity issues, whether it makes sense, and the overall arcs, okay? So you can see that if you do this, you're kind of getting a developmental edit week by week. And you're not paying for it because, well, you're, again, you're, you could argue that you're paying in time, but I edit everyone else's chapters and they edit mine. Okay. And so that is how we pay each other for our help. Now this, like I said, it is probably the best thing that you can do for growing your skill at fiction writing, because you are looking at other people's chapters, you are getting feedback on your chapters, editing others, other people's chapters will help you be a better writer yourself, because you'll see what they're doing, you'll recognize it in yourself, you'll get better at that. And then having them edit, of course, they don't have the blinders on for your writing that you have. So they can point out where there's weaknesses, where there's um, things that need to be fixed. And 
you know, one of the best parts of a critique group, though, is that they can also give you suggestions and you can end up taking your story in into directions you never did before. And I know that there are some people that turns them off because they <laughs> I, I, I know you're out there. Somebody's listening to me going, yeah, but I already know what my story is. I don't want anyone else to tell me what it is. I get it. All writers feel that way sometimes. But we have learned that being collaborative in fiction is actually a huge strength and a huge advantage. You don't have to use any suggestion that anyone gives you. You know, it is your story. You do get to choose what you do with it. But we can use each other as sounding boards and just kind of throw ideas around. And it's amazing how, especially if you're stuck, you know, in something in your story, talking to other people can help get you unstuck. And they can give you suggestions and then things start to click and you're like, oh, that's such a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? Okay, so... I would really, really recommend that you find yourself a critique group. And again, because we have such good technology these days, they can live hundreds or thousands of miles away from you. You know, you can find them on the internet, on Facebook, and do Zoom or Microsoft Teams or, you know, um, wh whatever the case may be. You can, you can do meetings without actually having to be in the same room together. And you can structure it however you want. If you want to do it once a month, do it once a month. If you want to do it bi-weekly or weekly, it's completely up to you. If you want to have, you know, two people or 10 people, it's up to you. Like I said, I would keep it around three to five because I, we have found that that's a good number, but it's just going to be, it's going to depend on what works for you. Um, so I found that doing editing that way is one of the best ways to do it. These are people who will become your friends who genuinely want to help you and you don't have to pay them in cash. <laughs> so that's kind of the operative idea here, right? Okay, so there's the developmental edit and my um, recommendations for how to do that. The next kind of edit I do is a continuity edit. Um, I'm actually editing a manuscript right now that is kind of the perfect example of this. I originally had something happening that we were kind of headed toward at the end of the book, a big event, and I had it at three days out. And then as I started to write the book and expand the storylines, I realized I was going to need more time than that. This book was going to cover more than three days. So I ended up expanding it to five days and then ultimately expanded it to seven days. And I was like, okay, so it's going to be a full week. So now going back through, I have to go through and edit for continuity and make sure that all of the, um, the time periods line up, right? That this person's on day two and this person's on day three here. And this, the scene comes from day four and just make sure that it's continuous throughout. Okay. So that's what I mean when I say continuity edit it, you want to make sure that dates, times, sequences, that, that they make sense, that they are continuous. Um, Things like changing the color of your character's hair would also fall under, under this. You're just making sure that everything in the story lines up and nothing changes and nothing's going to throw your readers through a loop. Now, what's the best way to do this? Um, again, continuity. Within chapters, the uh, critique group is really, really helpful with that. Sometimes throughout the entire book, it's a little bit less helpful because they're only reading a chapter a week. So only a chapter at a time. And by the time you get to the end of the book, they might've forgotten what happened in chapter one. So that's something to keep in mind, but they can still help with things they do remember. And certainly, you know, in the chapter they're reading or within a, a handful of chapters, you know, that they've read recently, they still can be very helpful with this. The other thing that I recommend is doing what I call an audio edit. All this means is having the book read to you. Now, I remember being told this when I was first starting out and that I should read my book out loud to myself. And I hated that idea. I just felt like that was going to take so much time and I was too busy and I didn't want to do it. And I, I wouldn't have to find something else out or figure something else out. 
So I never really did it. But um, the people who suggested it were right. It would have been very helpful to me. And I wish that I had. But nowadays, we have so much um, software that will read things to us. You can use your smartphone. You can get online. There's one I use called naturalreaders.com that's free. um, And you can have it read to you audibly. And the reason that that's so powerful is that you do tend to catch more mistakes when it's being read to you. Because and I'm sure you've experienced this, we all know that sometimes um, when we're reading, especially our own stuff that we've already read three times, our brain tends to fill in gaps. So we don't realize that there is a problem. Um, And you don't do that as much when you're hearing it because you hear what sounds off, you know, you hear that you're missing a word or something. So Reading it and quickly having it read to you is something that I recommend. If you can get the entire book read from start to finish in a day or two, then you're going to pick up those continuity issues because you're not, you know, waiting a week in between chapters. So I would recommend an audio edit for continuity issues. And also you can use your critique group. Okay, let's try to move through these a little bit faster. Um, Crutch words. Crutch words is what, like I said earlier, it's the thing that makes your manuscript sound amateurish. Um, another way of saying crutch words is passive voice and they're not exactly the same thing, but they point to the same problem. So, um, crutch words are sort of words and phrases that I use that send up a red flag that this is probably passive voice. So it's sort of how you identify the passive voice. And I do have a book on how to do this. I'm going to warn you that it's an old book and it really needs to be redone and reformatted. And I'm planning to do that. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It is on my to-do list, but I also may expand it into a course in the new year. Um, So just understand that editing for crutch words is a way to edit out the passive voice out of your manuscript. And if you do that, the problem of sounding amateurish just goes completely away. So if that's something you have trouble with, then you need to focus on your crutch words. Um, Okay, the last two types of editing are line edits, which is what most people think of when they think of editing. Chances are when you think my I need to get my manuscript edited, you're thinking of line edits. Okay, so this is, um, you know, grammar and syntax, uh, sentence structure, the way that it looks on the page. Are you starting a new paragraph with each speaker? Um, do you have all of your punctuation correct? You know, those are line edits. And they are very important, but they're also one of the last things you do. It's not going to really help you to get professional editing for line edits if you, if the story structure really sucks. You know, your book still is not going to sell. So that's why you need all of these. But line edits are still important. You don't want to submit something that has all kinds of typos and, and mess ups in it. Um, your critique group is great for that. If you and the audio edit too, but um, the critique group is the one that's really going to catch most of that, especially if you have some um, more seasoned authors in that group. So if you don't want to pay for it, again, I would really recommend the critique group. And of course, you can do an audio edit. And that will also catch a lot of those mistakes. Finally, there's proofreading. Proofreading is the final edit that you do that is just going to be to catch any tiny little errors that all the other types of editing have missed. Now, of course, you can use your group to do this, your critique group, but pretty much anyone can do this because when it comes to proofreading, you're not really looking for a professional editor or someone who was an English major and knows what's up. Really, you're looking for just about anyone who's an avid reader can do this and just say, oh, I noticed that there was a mistake on page 42. And that's that's pretty much all it is, you know. So again, um, 
You can use your critique group. I, once you get to the proofreading stage, I do not mind asking someone who is an avid reader who I know in real life to do this. And there are people who will caution you against that and say, that's not enough. They're not professional editors. But again, when it comes to the proofreading stage, I don't think that really matters. Earlier stages, if you want them to do a deep line edit, you know, editing pass, that's different. You need someone who knows what they're doing there. But if it's just proofreading, looking for little typos and errors, I don't mind letting readers rather than writers do this. And that's actually what I do. I don't have a particular person that I go to to do this, but I use my beta readers on my um, email list to do this. And that's something you can do. There are people who are willing to beta read for you, especially people who don't have a lot of money if they're like on a fixed income. You give them a free book in exchange for a beta read where they will give you notes and feedback and tell you where the typos are. And that's worth it to them because they might not be able to afford to buy your book. Okay, so they're still paying for it, you might say. Like I said, there's always a payment of some kind. They're paying for it by giving you that feedback and giving you those edits and possibly also um, posting a review afterward. Um and it's, it's really well worth it to, to have, you know, a handful of people do this for you that you're going to give the book to for free so that you don't get all these bad reviews saying there's all kinds of typos in this book, you know. Um, but that's just another way that you can do it without having to pay someone in cash. Okay, so those are the five types of editing. Let me go through them again one more time. There's developmental, which is your story structure. The best way to do that on the cheap is to read story structure books um, and get your critique group to help you with it. And it is something that I will be teaching in my course as well. Um, then there's continuity edits where you're looking for dates, times, um, descriptions, sequences, making sure everything lines up and is continuous. The best way to do that, I think, is through an audio edit or your critique group can help you with that as well. Although the audio edit is probably the more um, reliable one there. Then there's editing for crutch words, which gets rid of passive voice. Um, I The best way to do this really is to edit for crutch words. And and here's the thing about this, guys. I teach this because I do not see anybody else in the writing space teaching this. Most authors know you have to get rid of passive voice and they eventually get to the point where they can recognize it in their own writing and get rid of it. But I do not see anybody teaching a course on how to recognize passive voice and practical tips on how to get rid of it. So um, you can check out my book, which I will link in the show notes, but I will also be expanding upon this in coming months. Um, then the fourth type of editing is line edits, which is what most people think of when they think of editing. It's, you know, typos and grammar and all of that. Um, your critique group is great for that, especially if you have more seasoned authors. And if the, if maybe nobody in your group is all that good at line edits, then you might want to look for somebody who, um, you know, just find someone who is good at it and see if you can swap services with them. If they'd be willing to edit for you, you could edit for them, things like that. Just kind of think outside the box and see if you can find someone who who can help you with this. And then there's proofreading, which again, I think anybody can do this who is an avid reader. You can use your beta readers. You can certainly use your critique group, um, but you can also use anybody who is a, is a pretty avid reader, reader and can just give you any kinds of typos and that sort of thing. Okay. So um, I hope that was helpful to you. I hope that 
you can start to recognize the kinds of editing that you need. And like I said, even though this may feel a little bit overwhelming at first, don't let it overwhelm you. Just start to implement what you can when you can. But I would also encourage you to really make it part of your writing process. You know, I I know story structure really well because I've been studying it for 10, 15 years now. And I've gotten to the point where I know how to edit my work in such a way that I catch most of the mistakes. I do run most of what I write through my critique group because I find their feedback to be invaluable in my writing. And then I do have my beta readers do a final proofread for me because I know that if there's anything that I didn't catch and my group didn't catch, they will catch it. You know, if you have 10 or 15 people looking at it, they're all going to catch the same things and you're going to know exactly where the typos are, right? So it's, you just have to find a really effective way to put it into your process. And then it just becomes part of your writing process. You just do it every single time and then it's not overwhelming. It just becomes part of how you work, you know. Um, All right. So that is what I have for you today. I hope you have a wonderful week of writing and editing. I'm definitely working on the editing right now um, for my current project. I want to ask you guys a question, though, Um, and answer it however you want. You can email me at uh, lkhillbooks.com at gmail.com or you can, you know, if you're on a platform, you can answer in the comments or whatever you want to do. But I'm wondering if you guys would be interested in an editing course that takes you through all of these in great detail and shows you exactly how to implement them. If that's something that you would be interested in, just let me know. Um, If I were to create something like that, it probably wouldn't be until the first of the year because I've got a lot of stuff that I'm working on (laughs) this last quarter here. But it is something that I've been thinking about for a long time, and I'm just wondering how much interest there is. So just let me know either way. And yeah, um, if you would do that, I would really appreciate it. So have a wonderful week of writing. And remember, there is always a market for awesome. See you next time, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Before you go, would you be willing to do me a solid? If you found any value at all in this episode today, would you be willing to share it with other authors just like you in the hopes that they might find some value in it as well? Happy story crafting this week. Remember, only you can bring the world the unique story that you are trying to tell. Only you can succeed in your own unique way in getting it out of your mind and your heart and into a medium where it can reach thousands if not millions of salivating readers. You don't have to worry about failure because there is always a market for awesome.